You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 59. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and I am so glad that you are here today. I am so glad that you have taken the time to listen to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I hope that you find a lot of value as we talk about health and fitness and counting macros and lifting weights and really just about being your best best version of you. So today on the podcast, I have my friend Sarah Wells from our best bites. And a lot of you may know her, have followed her for years. We talk about it in the interview. She's kind of an OG when it comes to the blogging world and has done a lot with food and recipes and cookbooks and things like that. But with this interview with Sarah, we really dive into the process and what it's looked like over the years in her personal fitness journey. And she gets really authentic and vulnerable about um, sharing that her fitness journey has had its ups and downs and it's had what some people might consider successes and failures and how she really reframes that and talks about seasons of life. And there's a lot of wisdom in what Sarah says and what what she shares in this episode. So if you are currently in a season of life where you're feeling like maybe you're not doing as well as you used to, or where you may have lost some of the results that you previously had, I really want you to listen to this episode and try to think about how you can take what Sarah says about her journey and about her ups and downs and be able to start applying it to your life because she has some really, really good tips about how you can just be so happy and excited about where you're at and as well, how that doesn't mean you can't be excited about where you're going. And that's really one of my big goals with this podcast is I want you to love where you are at with your body, with your fitness, with whatever is happening in your life and be excited about what's coming in the future and what you're working towards. And I do believe that there there can be an and in that sentence. You can be happy with where you're at and be excited about where you're going. Just a note, we talk about quite a few different things in this episode that I have linked up in the show notes. So if you go to bicesafterbabies.com forward slash 59, you will be able to find the show notes there and all of the links that we talk about will be linked up there in the show notes. So without further ado, let's hop into that interview with Sarah Wells. I would like to welcome Sarah Wells to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Amber. So good to be here. I'm super excited to be able to have you here and chat with you. Um, I have to say that like you have been a big celebrity in my life. <laughs> and oh. I remember when you first reached out to me, I was like, oh my gosh, Sarah Wells from Arba Spites is reaching out to me. <laughs> um, and I know some other people are going to feel the same way because they're like, oh gosh, Arba Spites. It's like, you guys have been around forever. Oh my gosh, yeah. You have such good stuff. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to dive into that. But I, I do uh, awesome. want to acknowledge that I'm 
talking to a celebrity today. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Um, so for people who maybe haven't heard of Our Best Bites, um, will you just kind of give us a little background on you and on Our Best Bites and how that all got started? Yeah, of course. So yeah, I'm Sarah. Obviously, I, I work as a professional food writer. So my life kind of revolves around food. I'm a recipe developer, a food photographer, and my friend Kate and I started a blog, ourbestbites.com, uh, like 12 years ago almost. It's 11 crazy. Years ago. Yeah, we're like grandmas in the blogging world yes. now, which is weird. Um, but it was before blogging was like a thing. I mean, it's a thing now, and it wasn't then. It was like she texted me one time and was like, hey, people are like posting pictures of their dinner on the internet. We should do that. Like, oh. <laughs> Okay. Sure. So it was really like, um, it started as a hobby project and we were both, uh, kind of at home with newborns and I've always had this just innate need to create and produce and we needed a project. And so it's just started out like that. And over the years though, it has just turned into this awesome community and, um, grown into something bigger than we never, you know, ever expected. And we've got to author books and have product lines and all that stuff. And it's great. And, you know, most, most importantly though, I, the thing I love most about it is that it's opened up so many doors to connect with women and people on just all different levels and topics and areas. And that's what I love most about my job, but that's really at the heart. That's what it is. It's, it's a food blog and we help people get dinner on the table and make good stuff. And you know, people who love food like me. Totally love it. And then you guys tell me about, um, our best bites fit club because you started that. How many years ago was that? It's probably like seven years ago, I think. Okay. Um, only, I only know the years because it coordinates with like my personal journey in life. So sure. Yeah. I, um, and I had, you know, I, it was probably, I'm doing the math. Yeah. Cause it was seven years ago, I think. And I really quietly lost 50 pounds uh-huh. and I say quietly because it wasn't something I like announced or talked about. And this was kind of before Instagram. So it's not like I was sharing that it was super personal, just hundred percent for me, something I was doing in my private life. And, um, And then I kind of slowly and quietly opened up about that. I think on our blog, I think I probably shared a healthy recipe or something and had mentioned, oh, I had, you know, lost 50 pounds in the last whatever. And people all of a sudden were like asking me about it. And I realized like there was an interest in the story. And so, um, I shared my story basically. And, Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a big long blog post and I remember so vividly like pressing publish on this blog post and it's still on our blog. We can link it in your show notes, but, um, it was basically, just, it was a story of me, right. And kind of my journey. And I was so nervous and that seems silly maybe. Cause it's, you know, people might say that's a big accomplishment. You lost 50 pounds. Cool. Like what's the big deal. But I felt like telling that story and talking about the success also meant sharing the struggle and the defeat that came before that. And that vulnerability was really hard for me. Like I'm kind of a private person. It doesn't seem that way when you're like on Instagram and stuff, but a lot of my life is really private. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to even like talk to people about it, but I did. And the outpouring of like support and engagement from that experience was so overwhelming. And I just got like hounded with emails and hearing from women, mostly women who were just like me, because my story is every woman's story and people who connected with me. And I mean, it's been seven years and I still get people who email me from that blog post who just connected to that story. And we're happy to have a person to kind of talk to and see a journey similar to theirs and be like, well, if she can do this and she struggles with the same thing as I do, maybe I can do this. And so that was kind of how our, we call it our fit club was born. I just, I threw it out on, on the internet. I'm like, do you guys want to like have kind of a little community, a sub community to our food blog where we can talk about health and fitness and, you know, especially people who really love food like me, like people think, Oh, if I'm a foodie, I can't also lose weight. Like I have to, you know, live on chicken breast and steamed broccoli and 
I was kind of, you know, I had this outlet to teach people that that's not the case. And, um, and so that's how it was born. And it just kind of grew into this little sub community that I just love. Yeah. I remember when that blog post came out, like I remember reading it. Yeah. I remember when uh, fit club came out and I was like, yeah. heck to the, yeah, I'm like <laughs> signed up for that right away. Yeah. I was like, that's my jam. Um, <laughs> and I, and I do think that there is something, um, like you said, uh, that women are able to look at you and be like, you know what? She's just like me. Like you have yeah. four kids, you have a career, right? You like have a big food blog and you not only have a blog, but you have a food blog, right? So yeah. <laughs> you eat normal food and you're yeah. not just eating, you know, bro food and chicken breast yeah. and rice. Like yeah. you eat regular food, you f- eat with your family. And I think that's really inspiring for a lot of women to be like, oh my gosh, she did it, which means I can do it too. Um, yeah. and, and I, and I love that. And I love that women can identify and see themselves in your story. And you've been so open about it. And what I've, what I've loved is that, um, and we can kind of dive into this of like cycles of life, um, yeah. is that you shared that story, uh, and, everyone's really excited when you lose weight, right? Like, yep. oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, look how cool she is. Look how great she is. Um, but you've been very real about it and you've been very real about it since that. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, I lost weight. And then I like stopped talking about it. Um, you've been really real about like the ups and downs and when it's hard and the fact that you've regained some of the weight and, and that cycle. Um, and yeah. I think that's what's so inspiring to women because it's not like a once and done. It's not like, yeah, I lost 50 pounds. Like now I'm going to like yeah. write off into the sunset. Like, yes. that's just, the, that was like the beginning of your journey. Right? Yes. Oh, um, totally. And we're now here seven years later at a different point in your journey and you're at a different point in your life. Yeah. So can you kind of speak to that of like what that's been like sharing the good, the bad, the ups and downs over the last couple of years with your audience and how yeah. they've responded to it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and I, I feel so strongly about this and this is something that's come like my thoughts and my feelings about this have changed over the years. And like, I think before, you know, I lost 50 pounds and I maintained that I kept, you know, that healthy weight for, um, three or four years. I didn't think I, I thought I was done having kids. That's why I was like, invested <laughs> a bunch of money in my trainer. And I, I did this, you know, whole thing. And I, I felt great. And I was like, this is perfect. This is my life. And then, um, I had another baby. I'm one of those people that I gained a lot of weight when I am mm-hmm. pregnant and it just changes. I mean, everything changes. Right. Um, so I gained a lot of weight with that baby. And then, um, I lost a bunch of weight again after the baby. I thought, okay, I did this once and I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And then I've been through trauma. I lost my mom. I've been through life changes. I mean, things that everybody goes through and my weight has gone up and down. And, and I used to think I used to have, and I think a lot of people do that. Like, weight loss, you know, is equated with like failure and success. And if you lose weight and then you gain it again, well, I failed. And people, people think like, Oh, she, well, she sucks. She did it, but she failed because she gained it again. And and I don't think that way anymore. I just see my life in seasons. Mm. And that was a, there, I had a season where I was incredibly fit and you know, what people say thin and, and then I have seasons where I'm, I'm in a chubby season right now. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed of that. It's fine. And it's not a failure. I, mm-hmm. it's just a different season of my life. And, and, you know, when we talk about enjoying the season that you're in, like I have embraced that. And maybe this comes with age. I turned 40 this year. How mm-hmm. old are you? Are you or not? 40, 35. Are you? 35. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you've got a ways to go. Well, let me share my wisdom. <laughs> okay. With you. Yeah. Do as a mature older woman. 
I think this came with age. I don't know. I just, I'm at a place in my life where I just, I don't equate self-worth with the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. And I found health and happiness at, in fitness at different sizes. Like I am at a a higher weight now than I have been in previous years yet. I'm also incredibly fit. I work out every day. I'm eating lots of, you know, good food. I, we have this idea in our heads sometimes that people who are overweight are, do you, do you ever watch the biggest loser? Like back in the day and they oh, always yeah. showed, oh, yeah. they always showed like the, the before it was always in black and white video Miserable. and then in slow motion. <laughs> and they yeah. were always like shoving like three cheeseburgers in yes. your face. And I'm like, just because like you are carrying extra weight, it does not mean that you are like an shoving unhealthy three cheeseburgers, yeah. person eating fast food and soda. Like, I don't know. I put on weight from steak and fancy cheese and too many baked goods. Right. <laughs> so it's okay. Like it's just different seasons and your body changes too. I found with age, like my body is different now and it responds to things differently. So anyway, what I'm saying is I just, I embrace every stage that I'm in. And just because you're not your ideal weight does not mean that you have to just constantly be chasing after that again. Like enjoy the stage that you're in, you know? Um, I, I totally believe in that. And I think a lot of women, um, and I did this in previous years of my life. Like I refuse to buy clothes in certain sizes. Have mm-hmm. you ever done this? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like everybody has a number and I'm like, I am not buying jeans that big because mm-hmm. I will not stay this big or whatever. And, um, the last time I was like, stayed a little bit heavier for a while. And I did the best thing, Amber, instead of stressing about like fitting into my jeans that I was constantly squeezing over my rolls, you know what I did? I just freaking bought a new jeans. jeans. Yeah. The best thing ever. I'm like, these are so comfortable. <laughs> like I forgot how comfortable it is to buy clothes that, that fit, fit you. you. Yeah. So, you know, I always tell women, look, buy clothes that fit you. It's okay. If you, your weight changes, that does not mean that you failed or anything. And it doesn't mean that you can't work towards something else, uh-huh. um, but it's all of different seasons of your life Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to dive a little bit deeper into this idea of comparison because I think we talk a lot about comparison with other people um, and how we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people and we shouldn't compare other people's journey with our journey. But what I don't think we talk a lot about is comparison sometimes with ourselves. And it can be really easy when you've been somewhere or have hit some certain goal at some point and now you're not currently there, it can be really easy to compare yourself to yourself, your previous self. And how have you been able to like work through that and not sit here and, and be miserable that like, you're not the size you were, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. And I I don't know what the magic trick to this is because we talk about this all the time with women, right. And, and developing self-worth and, happiness and all this stuff. And, and I don't know how you find that in yourself. I, for some, I feel like I, that's just happened with me lately, but I mean, that's, that's the case, isn't it? We can't always be chasing after something and you're not the same person you were, especially if it was years ago. How often do women chase after, you know, the body they had in their twenties? Well, you're not 20 anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. And it doesn't mean you can't be fit and awesome. That's you totally can at any age, but yeah, comparing yourself to this previous version of yourself is it's doing yourself a disservice because, you know, as we grow and as we change, we have different, 
you know, wonderful things about us in every stage of our lives. And if we're constantly looking backwards or forwards or waiting for the next thing or trying to find the last thing, then you're missing out on your present day. And that, that sucks. Yeah. How have you felt like your audience um, and women have responded to you as you hit this big, huge milestone and then have been really honest about where you're currently at? Um, Do you feel mostly support and like understanding? Do you feel like people are like, judging you or how do you feel? How do you feel have received that? No, I feel great. I mean, I think on social media, I mean, everybody knows you're bombarded with so many things on social media. And my goal from the very beginning is always to just be authentic. And you're so great at that too. And just, I let people into my life, the good and the bad. I I don't ever try to like put on this facade that everything's great or I'm perfect or, you know, and I think it helps people. I know for me, I love hearing from other people who have similar struggles to me or who Mm -hmm. talk about things that aren't perfect, picture perfect all the time. Like that is relatable. And it's so often we just lose that, um, with everything we're bombarded by. And so, yeah, I feel like for the, I feel for me, I mean, maybe people are talking crap about me and not saying it out loud, but (laughs) anybody who talks to me, you know, and follows me, um, I think people are appreciative of that, that, Mm that we can be real, that we yeah. can have a space where we can really just be open and honest and authentic about things. And that, that helps everybody. Yeah. And you're comfortable enough with who you are and where you're at. That doesn't really matter yeah. what other people think either. Um, doesn't exactly. really matter what they say. Cause you're good yeah. at being you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never, you know, I'm a person who has never doubted my value or my self-worth. And maybe that comes from like our, we have, you know, our shared faith. Like I just, I believe that I, that I am a good person and I know Mm -hmm. that I'm worthwhile no matter what my size or whatever. And so I've always been rather self-assured, maybe too much. Maybe I'm overconfident. (laughs) I think I'm awesome, but um, (laughs) you are, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we talk about, you know, having self-worth and because for a lot of people, they're chasing after something because they lack that, you know, Correct. we don't, we don't. And we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You talk about this often, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's the first most important thing. You can't chase after some goal. If it's for the wrong reasons, it's just, it's not going to work. You're going to have all the same issues and lack of mm-hmm. self-worth and confidence when you're skinny as you did when you were fat. If you're not, you know, if you can't come to that place at any stage in your life. And so, um, for me, like just always valuing my self-worth, um, that's important. And that makes it so I can enjoy every season of my life, um, no matter where I am. Well, it's evident too, in the way that you lost the 50 pounds is that you did it quietly, right? It was for you. It wasn't, it wasn't for anybody else. It wasn't to like showcase anything. It was just for you to feel better and not that you were happier or that you loved yourself more at that end point, but it was just you, you know, working for you. Um, and that's such a powerful place to be at. So, so with women who are at different stages of life are at different stages with their body. We talk a lot about, about self-love, uh, about loving yourself where you're at, about being happy where you're at. Um, what can you tell us about that? Having experienced different stages, stages where maybe you were a little bit fitter stages where you maybe you're a little bit chubbier or enjoying food more or, or what, what can you tell us about, um, the feelings about your body, your happiness and things like that at those different stages? Yeah. So there's such a mental and emotional component to weight loss in general, right. And health and fitness. I mean, I'm going to specifically talk about weight loss because that's kind of been my journey. Right. Um, and there's this dual sided narrative right now. And we can talk about both sides. I feel so strongly about both sides. And I feel like, uh, 
we often hear people being loud on one side or the other. And it's that narrative that, yes. you know, yes, self-love, we have to love ourselves. We have to accept our bodies. If we truly love ourselves regardless, we don't care about our weight. We can be happy no matter mm-hmm. what, love your curves, embrace your size. I mean, you know, all this, totally. this feeling burn the scales. You don't need that scale to tell you what you're worth. Right. You yep. When eat that cookie, you eat the dang cookie. So I love that. And I love that mentality of like, yes, you own yourself. You find happiness no matter where you are. And I feel that in my life. I really truly in the core do, mm-hmm. but there's this other side that like, you know, and sometimes it comes across from certain people and audiences as if you have a strong self of worth, then you can't be, I mean, you don't want to change your body. That means you don't love yourself. And that's just not true. Those things are not mutually exclusive. You can have a strong sense of self-worth and confidence and love and be completely happy in your season of life and also want to improve or change or lose weight, Mm -hmm. you know, and just because you want to do that, it doesn't mean that you hate yourself or you have negative feelings about yourself. That's, I feel like it's just the opposite. I think when we have a strong sense of self-worth, we are inspired to be the best version of ourselves. And so, you know why I talk here about how I'm happy, I'm chubby, but I'm happy. I am, but I also am working towards, you know, changing my body in a way that where I feel the best, which is a mm-hmm. little bit lower weight, you know, and I'm healthy and feel good. And that is okay. And mm-hmm. so I feel like women get pulled in both of these directions. And, you know, in the end, like if you are feeling good about yourself and you're in a good mental place, but you also want to lose some weight, do it like, and you have to actually put in the work. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole other issue we can talk about, but just do it. That is okay. And that is a good thing if it's, um, you know, motivated for the right reasons. Yeah. We do hear very loudly, like any and all conscious weight loss obviously means that you don't love yourself or that you're fat phobic or um, that you think that you'll be happier at a a thinner body. Um, and I, and I completely agree. I think we can come at weight loss from two different um, perceptions and two different mentalities. And one, and I see a lot of women do it where they think that they'll be happier. They think they'll be more confident. They'll think they're whatever they think, whatever they want is waiting there at a smaller size. Um, but there also are women, and I think um, hopefully we're getting more women to this place where they do feel their worth. They do feel confident. They do feel happy where they're currently at. And that encourages them to set big goals and to work yeah. towards something, not even just be- to hit the goal, but because of who they become in the process of reaching for that goal. Yes. And that's one of yes. the things I'm really, really big about is that we set big goals, not because we want to reach the destination, but because we become someone different in the process of reaching for that goals, whether or not you get there. Yes, um, and that's absolutely. so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, so I love that you shared that. So when when you have gone through these stages of life and when you have gone through these ups and downs, um, what has been your focus? Have you focused more on nutrition? Have you focused more on exercise? What does that look like for you? You know, I, I, it's different. So I've never been a person that struggles with exercise. I love exercise. I enjoy it. That's something that regardless of my size. And and I think in my younger years, like I'd say like college age and maybe through my twenties, you know, I exercise to, to look good. I exercise mm-hmm. to, in the, in the hopes that it would change my body. And I, you know, in the last 10 years, I, you know, morphed into, I love the feeling of exercise, regardless of my size, regardless of a number on the scale. I just, I enjoy that process and the endorphins and it makes me feel good. And, um, so that's been something that I haven't struggled with. And and I feel like people are sometimes on one side or the other. Um, Like I have a sister who's so good about like she can stick to any sort of nutrition, you know, guide macros, whatever, but she's not, she's not super into exercise. Mm -hmm. And there's people who can 
exercise the heck out of, I mean, they can run marathons yet. They can't control what they eat, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's balancing those, those two things. And so for me, um, exercise became a very regular part of my life. When I, back when I, you know, lost that 50 pounds, um, the process of doing that is I hired a trainer to help me. And, um, and, and I remember back when I did that feeling like, oh my gosh, like I was almost, I want to say embarrassed, but I thought, oh, I can't do this on my own. I can't believe mm-hmm. I had to hire somebody. Like mm-hmm. I almost felt a little sense of failure and I didn't tell anybody that's what I was doing. And then halfway through that process, I told everybody it was, I was doing because I was like, this is the best thing I ever yeah. did. And not just cause it was working, but because I saw like, Oh, that was almost like a missing link for me. Like mm-hmm. having a person who I was accountable to, who was not my spouse who loves me no matter what. Right. <laughs> and so, um, having a person and then also like putting money in the game, say, like, yeah, investing. um, yeah, investing. And I, I tell everybody this because, um, I remember when I first shared this blog post, um, that original blog post about losing weight. And some people like, Oh, well, you hired a trainer kind of like, right. Oh, and I just remember like just being so mad about that. Cause I'm like, you know what you invest in your health in other mm-hmm. ways. If you're sick, you see a doctor, you invest in toys for your mental health. You go on vacation for that sort of health. You know, this is just investing in you. And I always tell people that like sometimes putting skin in the game, that's exactly what you need. You're investing in something mm-hmm. and it helps you to follow through. It helps you to be accountable to somebody. And so that was like a key component to my success when people are like, well, what's the difference that time, how come you actually managed to lose this big amount of weight? And I really, I always tell people it was that I was having somebody to help me. And then, um, also it changed the way I worked out. I'm saying this is a big round circle answer to that very simple question you assessed me, but it changed. He, um, this trainer, he got me, got me off the treadmill. Like a lot of, you know, younger girls do just run, run, run and got me into a weight room. And that's where I fell in love with, with lifting weights. And I still do. And I, I saw the difference and the change that resistance training, uh, made in my body and just the massive, um, the massive success that I had that I didn't with just like endless cardio. And so mm-hmm. I'm such a huge proponent like you are of, mm-hmm. of women and resistance training. And so, um, and so that's been, you know, weightlifting, um, has been a big part of my life and exercise that I enjoy finding active things that I enjoy, um, has been really successful for me. Oh. And then the other half of that obviously is the food part. It should come as no surprise that the food part is a challenge for me. <laughs> and like I said, it's not because like I binge out on junk food. I just, food is my life. It's what I do for a living. It's a huge part of my family culture. A lot of our, just our traditions and our routines are centered around food. And so, um, that is the part and that I have had to really focus on to make changes and to control and to, um, to overcome really. Totally love it. And is that where you're, um, so you have three cookbooks, right? Yeah. yeah. So three cookbooks and I, and I literally didn't own any cookbooks except for those three for a very yeah. long time. <laughs> like it. those are the three cookbooks yeah. I own, but is that yeah. where your last cookbook, the 400 calories or less came from? Is this yeah. like process of you trying to be able to eat good food yeah. as well as feed your family, as well as be able to like feel healthy yeah. and nourish your body? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was after that. And we thought, you know, there's just this misconception that, um, for a lot of women that they have to be on a quote unquote diet, they have Mm -hmm. to make themselves separate meals. They have to, you know, quote unquote, be good. I hate when people say that they have Mm -hmm. to eat the salads and stuff. And, um, you know, and I just wanted to show people that that's not the case. You can have good, delicious, flavorful food. If you learn how to, to work it into your nutrition, you find a system that works for you. And so, yeah, we wrote that book of called 400 calories or less so that, 
they're just good meals. They're all under 400 calories and macro balanced and, um, showing people different techniques and things they can do to, to feed their families and also, um, eat healthy food. Yeah. When people start counting macros and they're looking for recipes and guidance, that cookbook is one that I always recommend to people. So we'll we'll definitely link up all three of the cookbooks in um, the show notes. But if you're looking for like, Hey, I want to be able to feed my family and count macros and I don't want to make separate meals because I'm all about that life. Um, (laughs) Then that cookbook is a really awesome resource because it does have all the macros broken down. Um, And it's good food. It's, it's like not food that you feel like, you know, restricted on. Yeah, yeah. Which is so important. That's awesome. Um, and I, I did want to go back to this idea that you talk about with in, investing in yourself and um, and putting money up and and like getting somebody to help you with it. I had yeah. a girl message me not too long ago on Instagram and she was asking me, uh, I talked about my experience. I do CrossFit now for um, several years. I paid for a coach when I was doing my powerlifting. And she was asking me, she was like, you seem like you are pretty, you know, have a pretty good handle on your money. And um, budget and things like that. She's like, how do you justify the, you know, $200 expense every month for CrossFit or for a coach or whatever? And that was my response back to her was like, I, I see it as I'm investing in me and I will invest in me every single day until I die. Um, because the investment in me means everything else in my life is better. Like I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I feel better. Like, and when I feel better than everything in my life is is better and I will invest in me every single day. Um, and so I think, and she wrote back saying that really shifted her perspective. It's not, it's not necessarily that you're giving up the money every month. It's what you're gaining from that experience of giving up the money. And there is power behind committing to something with cash, right? Like with putting cash down, you're like, I want to make it worth it because I'm investing in that. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and so often it feels like a luxury, right? There's a stigma that like spending money on health and fitness is just a luxury. And it's something that celebrities do or people with extra cash or whatever. And that, that mind shift of, yeah, thinking of it as an investment in yourself Mm -hmm. so much hinges, so much weight is on women and mothers. And, you know, we don't, you don't fill your own vessel. That is a way to fill your own vessel and your, your, your cup so that you can share with other people and give more the healthier I am and the better I feel. Like you said, the better you are in every other aspect of your life. It's Mm -hmm. like a domino effect, right? Yeah. And I like to make you like make the point too, that like you'll, pay to go to the doctors. <laughs> you'll pay yeah. to get medicine. You'll pay to do all these other things that have to do with your healthcare, but that preventative aspect of yeah. being strong and being fit and being healthy and having a high, you know, being involved, have that cardiovascular output. Um, yeah. that's the pre that's the, you know, that comes before any of the health problems that you may have down the road exactly. that will cost you a lot of money. Yeah. Well, um, and that's the other thing I'm feeling as I am aging now into my mature years. <laughs> I feel a more, and not that it's, uh, I don't know. I just, as I'm getting older, I care more about that. And I care more about preventative healthcare. Mm -hmm. I care more about the quality of the food uh, versus the quantity. Like I used to, you know, as a calorie tracker, macro counter, I could easily like fill my macros with things that I don't know. I mean, as you know, you can be any food you want as long as it fits, but I have been focusing more on healthful nutrients as I'm aging. And after, you know, and after I lost my mom, Mm -hmm. who was an incredibly healthy person and then all these, you know, diseases and problems. And I, so I've kind of shifted my mindset to how can I take better care of my body to make it stronger and make it last longer. And that's Mm -hmm. just such an important component as we get older, I think to really take into account. Yeah. I think 
most macro trackers kind of go through this ebb and flow where it's like when you first start, it's like, Oh my gosh, I can fit pop tart in. This is amazing. Like, and so you like, you try to fit as much of like the fun foods in as possible and still hit your macros, which is fine. Like, I think that's a fine place to be, but I do think there is a natural maturity that comes with it that you do start to realize, Hey, like it, it isn't just about, am I hitting my macros, but am I actually like nourishing my body? Am I actually like including foods that make me not only like taste really good to my taste buds because they're sweet or whatever, but that they actually like help my performance. And I think there is a natural maturity. So if you're somebody who you're like at that beginning and you're like, this is amazing that I can eat cinnamon rolls every day. Like (laughs) it's okay to be there, but understand too, that there is um, a maturity that comes when you like, okay, oh, I really want to like nourish and like make sure I'm getting foods to yeah. fuel my body as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. That's yeah. A good place to be. That's so true. Um, so how do you, you're a food blogger. Yeah. You're freaking making food every day. You're photographer, you're doing photographs of it. You're putting it up on the, you know, blog. Like this is part of your job. This is part of your life and not everything that you make is 400 calories or less. Yeah. Um, so how do you find that balance or how have you found that balance over the 12 years and, and maybe even talk about that progression over the 12 years, what it's looked like? Uh, yeah, the answer is I have not. <laughs> no, it's, that's, I mean, it's a constant, that's a constant thing I have to control. And I guess I think over the years, what I've, what's changed is that I know myself, I know myself mm-hmm. very well and I know my strengths and my weaknesses. And I know the things that are challenging for me mm-hmm. and the things that are kind of triggering for me. And, um, and so I am, I am better to, um, I guess, take control of my time and my choices. Um, because yeah, I do like, I am the kind of person that often, and you know, I ebb and flow. Sometimes I go through phases where I'm in a great place mentally and I'm, you know, I'm kind of sticking to my goals and my nutrition and nothing can, can knock me down. There's other times where I feel like I'm just very vulnerable to that. And, and I don't want to be in a phase where I'm counting or tracking anything. And so, um, and I tend to be a little looser with my nutrition. And so I just take all that into account and I've had to learn how to, um, it's self mastery. I've had to learn how mm. to discipline myself. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's discipline. Um, and I don't always have that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I fell all the time. I'm the kind of person who will bake cookies and I have a hard time calculating the macros for a batch of homemade chocolate chip cookies and entering one into my macros. Like I just don't, I usually just say, this is a day where I'm going to eat 12 cookies and I'll do better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, and I used to also think that was like, such a failure. And I do that. And then I feel horrible about myself. And now I think, you know what, if, if you're not doing so great, or you feel bad about your choices one day, like just pick it up, just pick it up mm-hmm. tomorrow. You do not need to throw everything out the window. You don't have to ruin your entire mindset. Mm-hmm. Just pick up and do better tomorrow. And, and that's, and that's helped me just shifting that mindset a little mm-hmm. bit. Are there things that you just won't make? Cause you know yourself. Um, at certain times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but I'm not about, you know, I, and this is a straw and I think lots of women will probably feel the same way. One of my struggles is, um, me and my kids. And like I said, food is a big part of our culture, right? Our family culture. I don't want to be the mom. I don't want my kids to remember like, Oh, how come we always, you know, went out for cookies and mom never had one or how come mom never let us bake because she can't eat anything. Like Mm -hmm. I am very, very conscious of that. And I want my kids to have like a healthy, you know, viewpoint in all of this. I don't want them to always 
think of their mom as somebody who was always like on a diet or something. And so, um, and so, yeah, sometimes even when I know things like, oh, this is going to be hard, I'm going to want to eat so much of this, but I'll do it anyway. I'll make it anyway, because I want to be able to enjoy things with my family and have good experiences. And, um, and you just have to do your best and, you know, try not to eat the 12 cookies. Mm -hmm. And I share a lot. I try to share a lot, you know, and I, um, or we'll make small batches of things. I've learned again, I have learned my own behavior. So like cookies, for example, that's something that's hard for me. I could literally eat a whole batch of cookies until mm-hmm. I was sick. I honestly could. Some people can't do that. My husband can have two and be totally fine. I cannot. So a lot of times we make small batch cookies. I have a mm-hmm. recipe on my, on my site. You can yeah. link if you feel like linking a cookie recipe on yeah. show notes, but it makes, it makes like eight to 10 cookies and it's perfect. So we can enjoy it. And there's no more to be, Mm -hmm. you know, a problem. It's just, we eat them, we enjoy them and we're done. And so, um, just little things like that. If, if I'm feeling like I'm in that phase of life where I need a little bit of help and guardrails and on nutrition, um, I do things like that. Oh, that's so smart. I love it that you have made it work. And, and you said something so key that I want people to really pick up on is that you have experimented and figured out what your triggers are and what works best for you. And, and that comes from having experiences when it didn't work well, right? When you can look back and be like, yeah, and I ate a whole batch of cookies. So next time I'm going to try making a half batch, right? But that comes from those aren't necessarily failures. It's, it's what has led you to the place where you're like, I know myself. I know that this is in my mindset of where I'm at in my life. If I make cookies right now, I'm going to eat the whole batch. So yeah, we're going to do something different, but that comes from knowing yourself. And that comes from having experiences on both sides of feeling successful and maybe feeling not quite so successful. And you mentioned too, your kids making cookies. We're like definitely entering that phase in my life right now. My daughter's 12 and like her favorite thing to do is like make cookies now. So we have cookies like all of the time (laughs) and it's different, right? When you're, when my kids were younger, it was like, if I didn't make cookies, then we didn't have cookies. Exactly. (laughs) And now it's like, my daughter wants to make cookies. Of course I'm going to say, yes, you can make cookies. Like I'm going to encourage that all day long. Um, (laughs) I spent a lot of years training like my children to get to this moment in life where I can literally like snap my fingers and they can make cookies. (laughs) For sure. Right. But it is a different place because it's like yeah. before it could be like, Oh, I'm in a good space. I'm going to make cookies. And now it's like, doesn't really matter where yeah. you're at because yeah. she's going to yeah. make cookies anyway. So, okay. Um, let's kind of wrap this up, but I, I'm really curious to know you've been in the blogging space for 12 years now, which yeah. like you said, is it makes you a grandma in the blogging space. Um, an OG we'll say one well, OG. How about that? That's right. <laughs> um, so if you could go back 12 years to the 12 year ago you, when you were starting your blog, what would you tell yourself that would kind of prepare you for the next 12 years? Oh my goodness. Um, I would tell myself number one, like life is good. Enjoy. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this, the whole podcast, enjoy the season that you're in. I spent a lot of time in my younger years, always looking for the next thing and waiting for the next thing. And well, when I get to this or when I make this much money or when we have this much, you know, we have a different house or when I weigh this much weight, then I'll do this or then I'll feel this. And, um, you know, if I could go back all over again and have the, the view and the life experience that I do now, I would be like, wow, like enjoy this season that you are in because you don't get that back. Mm-hmm. Um, and every season of whether it's a season of challenge or trials or hardships, um, or whether it's, you know, a fun season in life, just enjoy that for what it is and enjoy your present day. Really don't waste your time and your mental energy, um, really laboring over things that you don't have. 
Um, and you know, and concerning health and fitness, I would probably tell myself to stop running. Like <laughs> I was pick up a barbell. I use, I use running as an example because I don't enjoy it, but some people do. If you enjoy it, run. If you don't enjoy something, um, in the fitness scheme, like don't do it, find activities that you love and it will become a lifelong habit for you. Anything that's really important. That's so good. Yeah. I definitely, the first thing that you talked about with just enjoying where you're at in life, I definitely experienced that, um, through my husband's training. My husband's training was 15 years long. Um, it's a very long road and, and there is a very definitive, like, light at the end of the tunnel, right? There is going to be someday that you're going to finish training and you're actually going to get a real job and we're actually going to make money. And like, this is all going to be worth it. Right? Like that's what you, so I had, but, but there's many multiple stages, right? You have undergrad and then you have medical school and then you have residency and then you have fellowship and then you're finally, you know, done. And I had to be very intentional about not always pining after when we would be done with training and enjoying yeah. what there was to enjoy about medical school and then enjoying yeah. what there was to enjoy about residency and enjoying what there was to enjoy about fellowship. Because if I just looked 11, you know, 10 years into the future, that was really depressing to me yeah. to be like, I can't be happy for the next 10 years. Yes. <laughs> so I did get really good at like figuring out what I could be happy about and enjoy right now. And I think that kind of sums up everything that you've been saying in this podcast is that there are seasons. You're going to look different. You're going to feel different. You're going to make different choices in those seasons. And it's about finding what is great about the season that you're in right now. So last question for you, what is great about the season that you're at right now? Oh my goodness. Um, I just, I'm happy with who I am. My family stage is just fun right now. I have kids just barely entering teenage years and my, I'm out of the, just getting out of like the little baby years. My little toddler is finally kind of like a little boy now. And so it's kind of a new family season for us. And I'm enjoying, um, just really being present with my kids. I feel like they're old enough to really be making memories and enjoying the time we have together and influencing them in positive ways. And, um, and that's been such a joy to me recently and, and life is busy and I have a lot of stressors in my life. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. We both have businesses. There's just so much work to be done too, but enjoying, um, just this particular season of where we're at and really enjoying our family together. Um, and being in that, that mental state has been awesome for me. And I, I just love that. We've got a lot of exciting things going on and new adventures and it's a good place to be. I love it. Um, so if people want to come follow you, they want to learn about your journey. We will definitely link up in the show notes, the two blog posts that you talked about, um, yeah. the cookies recipe and um, the <laughs> one where you lost 50 pounds. Um, yeah. and we'll link up the cookbooks as well, but where can they find you and follow you? So our bestbites.com is the blog, obviously. And then I've got two different Instagram accounts. We have our best bites fit club, um, where I post a lot of like our, my health, health and fitness focused things. And then my Sarah, our best bites Instagram account is kind of a main food account. So a little more cookies on that one, but still fun. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll link both of those up in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. I really loved, love, love what you had to say about your journey. It was so fun to chat. Thanks. I hope that you found as much value in that interview as I did. Sarah really, really had such good ideas and good comments about how you can love the stage that you're at. And I know that some of you may be comparing yourself to other people, but 
some other of you may be comparing yourself to where you used to be and viewing that as a failure. And when we can reframe that as, no, you're not failing. It wasn't like you had a success and now you're failing because you're at a different place in your journey. It is simply going through natural ebbs and flows and seasons of life. And I want to ask you the question that I, that I closed with with Sarah. What is amazing and awesome about right now where you're at and the phase of life that you're at? And I want you to get really clear and present to that. What is awesome about where you are right now? And I really, really, truly believe that if we can't be grateful for where we're at right now, we can never get any more. We can never reach higher levels or progress um, because that gratitude is what fuels it. Um, It's like, I, I liken it to a child. Like if you're giving to a child and that child is like, it's not enough. I want more. I want to like, I want that. Like, I don't want what you gave me. I want this. Um, what is you a parent? You as a parent are going to feel like spoiled little brat. I'm not going to give you anymore. And I feel like that's how life works. Um, when we are grateful for what we already have, what is already occurring in your life, where you already at or on your fitness journey, when you are sitting in gratitude with where you're at, then you can work forward to get more. And it's working from that place of gratitude that is so powerful rather than a place of always wanting more. One more reminder, everything we talked about in this episode with Sarah will be linked up in the show notes. So you can go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 59 to see that. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.